0: Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira with WRGN, and I'm here with NEC's Executive Director, Dan Nichols. This episode of Dents in the Darkness a little different because we're also being live broadcast to Facebook and other social media platforms. Uh, we are definitely in unprecedented times, and we have some special guests that we're going to talk about. Dan, why don't you introduce?
1: Yeah, uh, Pastor Dan Old and his wife Lynn are from Calvary Church with multiple locations around the State College PA region, and uh, later tonight we are also going to get to talk to Pastor Max and Priscilla Perra from Newark uh, in Long Branch, New Jersey, a little bit later. But we're so excited to have uh, Dan and Lynn on, and uh, we're starting a few episodes that are a little different. We're going to do hashtag some good church news, and we're hoping that John Krasinski will not sue us because (laughs) we are totally ripping off his idea, which has broken the Internet. And uh, we just want to brag on God and share what God is doing in the midst of this COVID crisis. So uh, we believe that the church is the hope for the world, and now is the time for the church to shine the light of the gospel in America's darkest hours, and especially in this corner of the country, which is the most unchurched post-Christian corner. And uh, I really believe this is the time we can prove to a watching world that living for Jesus is worth it.
0: Yeah, sure. we're excited to talk with Dan and Lynn Nold about their experience with something that has affected all of us in some way shape or form, whether it's through jobs or being sick with COVID, which was your experience, right Dan? Yep. So, why don't you tell us what happened?
2: Sure. So, I I do a uh a little bit of strategic planning for churches and missions organizations at times and and uh uh I guess now about three weeks ago, the, the beginning of March, I was doing some strategic planning in Portland, Oregon area. Um, one of the guys who was there uh, was there the first two days, and then the third day he stayed home because he was sick. and
3: mm.
2: And uh, I got home, and about a week later, started having symptoms. Um, I actually had a physical coming up already scheduled, and so I went into the doctor. and And when I said I had a fever, he said, "Hey, let's let's stick this four foot." swab thing <laughs> back into your brain. And, I've, oh I've heard that's not fun. Oh, my goodness. It was it was terrible. And uh, and so they, they tested me for flu. That was negative. Then they sent it in for COVID-19. And um, before I, I got my um, test results, I got an email from the team out in Portland, Oregon, saying, hey, I, I tested positive. And so I was pretty sure at that point that it was going to happen. Um, so I had uh, symptoms for a, a week. Um, found out that I was positive and had symptoms for uh, another week. And, uh, I mean, mine weren't weren't so bad, you know, that I had to go to the hospital. The breathing part was not as bad as, you know, some people have for sure. I'd, I'd take a deep breath and it would kind of burn and I'd mm-hmm. cough, but uh, I didn't have to go to the hospital. For me, it was mostly fever and chills and fatigue and nauseous and not Yikes. eating body aches and oh my word I'm right in the middle and and it was I I think it's the longest I'd ever been sick with with two weeks of stuff but right in the middle I had probably two or three days where you know it it, it was it was worse um and and uh, not fun but uh so I got done and and uh, as soon as I was 3 days symptom free then Lynn had to be quarantined for another uh two, two weeks. weeks and oh, so man. Um, She she bore the brunt of it, not only caring for me, but she she basically couldn't leave the cabin for about a month. Um, And and, uh, so now we're we're both you know we're both non infectious, non contagious, and we can go nowhere like everybody else right now.
0: Yeah, right. We're all in the same boat at that point. But uh, as you were going through this, I mean, we were in pretty much the height news-wise, although there's still a lot going on. What was going through your mind?
2: Um, you, you know, I, I mean, you hear so many stories and, and I, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say that um, in the back of your mind is kind of always this story of, hey, one minute, everything was okay. And the next minute, you know, I was in the hospital on a ventilator kind of thing. And um, probably the, the night that I, I found out um, that I was positive, that, that was kind of just a discouraging night. I, you, you know, I, I'm trying to lead the church through something that we never, ever studied in seminary. And, uh, and and feeling sick and not sure what the future holds and I I, I kind of meet in a group with with about fifteen or so pastors from larger multi-site churches in in Pennsylvania and we just spent some time together you know a couple days before that actually I I was concerned that I didn't get any of them sick and I didn't um, oh, but you cool. know it just it just felt like all of them were kind of leading in stride and doing well and and uh, I, I think in the midst of that was 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 the first time that I, I really felt God, you know, kind of giving me something. And it was just basically, um, Dan, you're still trying to control everything that you can control, and, and you, you feel like everything depends on your leadership capacities and, and uh, what you've longed for. You know, I'm, I'm doing, and you just need to be still and, and, and kind of watch me work. And, you know, so that for, for leaders, I mean, for anybody, but for leaders especially, that continuous kind of struggle between this all depends on me, um, what I bring to it is my capacities versus what I bring to it is my desperate dependency on God. Mm. And, and that was kind of my first, you know, going into this whole thing was just that reminder of, um, what I bring from my people is not my capacity. It's my desperate dependence on, on God. And, and, uh, I think in a lot of ways that's re- really shaped, um, my hope and my preaching over the course of the last five weeks. So, now
0: you, uh, talk a little bit about your hope and your preaching, What are you doing, uh, preaching-wise? I guess you guys were already set up to be able to to do it from a different location, or how did that work?
2: Yeah, I mean, we were we're multi-site, and so we're already in a habit of recording. Uh, Anytime I preach, the other sites uh, I'm either live or video everywhere. So you you know, we have a habit of recording. So we had good, you know, good people, good good tech stuff in in place. I mean, obviously, it's different now because nobody's gathering, and and it's all, all there. Uh, we, we use an online platform put out by Life Church, Greg Rochelle, and and that's really worked well for us. And um, so we were we were pretty much able. I mean, I think it's gotten better week by week, but we were pretty much able that first weekend to to uh, go online and and uh,
4: and had already done that. He, yeah, he. Got the results Sunday night, and Saturday was when we had pre-recorded, yeah. and we'd already ch- chosen wow. to do that. Not meeting together, thankfully, or he would have been yeah. with the whole church. Right? Yeah.
0: Sure. Now, Lynn, as he's going through this, you've got to have a lot going through your mind as well.
4: Yeah, I I was a nurse, so you know I feel like. The, the practical part of my mind kept thinking that the, the chance of it being COVID-19, because this was early on, mm-hmm. is pretty low. So I kept thinking he had a virus. And mm-hmm. So when we got the test results back that Sunday night, um, yeah, it shook me up a fair amount. But But he was still functioning and you know had just preached so i didn't feel like it was really significant but then the more stories that came out were second week this really hit me because you know when we found out he was positive he was already a week into it so we're thinking okay it's the worst is over but but really for most people the worst comes after the first week of symptoms and so i i spent a lot of time out on our we have a a front porch that overlooks state college overlooks the valley Mm. And that's kind of where I go out to pray. And so I spent a lot of time out wrapped in my blanket praying for him, praying for, um, you know, other people that we may have, he may have unknowingly infected, you know, all those kind of things go through your mind.
0: Now, were you two completely separated at this point uh, because of that? or
4: I, no.
2: I, I, couldn't, I couldn't survive that way. <laughs>
4: Well, and, and also by the time you got the positive, it, it yeah. was a week into it. So we it's too late. Yeah. You were, were
1: like, kind of like, there's no, there's no yeah, reason to, no to, to reason. do now. Yeah, and,
2: and we live in a pretty small kind of cabin. I mean, there's maybe 1100 square feet. So it, it'd just be really hard to be, you know, quarantined from each other for yeah. that long. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm curious, how did your church respond to this? Can you, I, w- I would love to hear about some of the wins you guys are celebrating in the in the sense of how the church rallied around you and how the church uh supported you guys through this
2: yeah it was um, amazing yeah it was it was really amazing i you know i i started using the phrase a lot um humbled and hopeful and and uh you know just the the prayer the you know people dropping off food we we had a a couple who uh you know, we didn't know them very well. They they hadn't been coming that long to to Calvary, and they'd heard me preach one time and say I loved hog fathers and and double stuffs, and they went out and got hog fathers barbecue and double stuff and left it on our on our front porch. And and uh, I mean that you know it was just it was so much of that um, food, mostly prayer, you know, and 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 just you know even a, a lot of encouragement about you know here's here's what how God has used you in my life. And, and, uh, you know, I just, there was such an outpouring, um, far more. I, you know, I said this far more than, 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 you know, I deserve for sure. Lynn yeah. probably deserved that much, but not me.
4: Mm. It was, it was, I mean, a God timing thing, but we had everything set up to launch, um, a 24 seven week of prayer that started. He found out about five o'clock on Sunday night that started at midnight on Sunday night and the next week. So, you know, the, the prayer, the number of people praying the prayer and it wasn't set up, you know, for that had anything to do with us. It was because of COVID-19
2: praying for the community, praying for revival, stuff like that. Mm.
1: Now I know you guys are crazy passionate about mission and reaching your community. Uh, How has COVID-19 allowed that to uh, fuel forward?
2: Yeah. So we we were really I I'd say in a lot of ways, and I've said this to our church, we we were just primed for this. I think. I mean, I, I would say in the last four years I preached five major series on what we call front yard missions, loving your neighbors, um, you know, pastoring your neighborhood, having a, a mission in your front yard, not just, you know, living in your backyard. And and uh so I just I feel like people at Calvary were primed and and we, we had set up a something we call uh, FYm HQ front yard missions HQ which is a, a text-based kind of uh, um, response back and forth that would give people some prompts to do something for their neighbors and, and the first track was seven ways to love your neighbor in a pandemic mm. and the most recent one we put out was you know something like how to how to share the gospel without weirding out your neighbors or you know something like that kind of a, an invitation one and uh, but but beyond that I, I mean just story after story of, of people loving their neighbors, reaching out, serving, you know, running errands. We, we had a ton, I'm sure many churches did, but a ton of, of toilet paper outreaches. You know. <laughs> um, we, we had one couple in, in one of our sites who, who uh, you know, took rolls of toilet paper, put a note inside that says, sorry, this season is crappy. But if there's anything that we can do to serve you, we're praying for you, just let us know and put it on all of their neighbor's, you know, front steps. And one of the things we say about loving your neighbors is, is that, you know, the beginning, it, it always feels awkward. If you haven't introduced yourself to your neighbor, that's going to feel awkward. If you've never done something for them, that's going to feel awkward. If you haven't shared the gospel, that's going to feel awkward. But, but we keep saying all the good ministry is on the other side of awkward, but, but, you know, this whole COVID mm. thing, it's, it's taken away all the awkward. Mm. You know, I, I mean, there's what's what could be more awkward than putting a roll of toilet paper on your neighbor's front step. And right. and yet that's like our most common outreach right now. So <laughs> it, that part has been really cool. I, I've, I've been saying, um, you know, there's a lot of talk pastors talking about. So what happens after this? And I just keep saying to people, I just I, I think God, I think Jesus is less concerned about how we gather and he's more concerned about how we scatter. And and more than anything, I'm just praying that that part doesn't go back to normal. And so most of, out of most, a lot of our time we're putting into how do we encourage people to go from, you know, loving your neighbor to pastoring your neighborhood. How do we encourage people to go from, you know, acts of kindness, practical acts of kindness to diving into somebody's life and sharing your story and and all of that. And And that's where I feel like, I mean, there's other stuff we're doing, you know larger scale, but that's where I feel like the, I, I think if if God brings revival, and a lot of Christians are talking about that now, but, and it's something I've been praying for for two decades, I, but I'm, I'm more and more convinced that if he brings revival, it's going to be a neighborhood revival, and, and that's where stuff is going to spring forth.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, we have been using the theme here at WRGN on the air and in our social media that we were made for this,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: and and this is what we've been created for. And you're right. Sometimes that introduction is hard, but let's not squander this opportunity that we have to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with those mm-hmm. around us. Um, how do you see the next step, the the pivot from where we're at right now, the things that we're dealing with with COVID, the shutdown, and all that? How does the church pivot to the next step?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean. Part of my answer to that is if I knew that I would, you know, write a book, start a webinar, you know, like everybody else is doing. Um, But I, you know, I I think if I see three or four things that I really believe God is doing, there's 10,000 other things that are really good that I have absolutely no idea. But but for me, I just I keep going back to if all we focus on is our digital footprint and that's not going to go back to normal. It's not going to stay what it is, but it's not going to go back to normal. I mean, you know, I think God has pushed us in that direction. Um, but if that's all we focus on, if all we focus on is what are our gatherings going to look like, and what are our life groups going to look like, and when can we do quote normal ministry again? I just I think we we miss it, and I, I think the pivot has to be how, how do we how do we keep people loving their neighbors? How do we keep decentralized? I, I, I'm not against programs. We we have we're big church. We have all kinds of programs. Yeah. But, but you know, somehow we need to go away from, you know, the total emphasis in, in my, you know, stream of Christianity of, you know, the emphasis on the priesthood of the believers. And, and we need to go back to the emphasis on the missionary call of all the believers. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the one serves the church really well. We use it to encourage people. They need to volunteer on Sunday morning in the church and watch the kids and teach the kids. Uh, but, but what we really need is people picking up that. You know, this is my mission. My mission is my neighbors. My mission is, you know, to prepare my neighborhood for Jesus to come in and visit and live here. And, you know, I've, I've been saying, I, what is what is God doing right now? I think Jesus is walking every empty street and knocking on the door of every isolated heart. And all he needs is for us to make an introduction.
1: Mm. That, that's a ton of great wisdom there, Dan. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Lynn, I, I was wondering, you know, in the middle of this crisis, I'm sure a lot of families. uh, (laughs) I heard something recently that crisis doesn't necessarily make new problems. It maximizes existing problems. And there's probably a lot of families and marriages that are really going through hard times right now in this last month. So could you share maybe just a little bit, uh, Lynn, about how your guys' marriage has gotten stronger and stronger through the years and even can survive something uh, as serious as this?
4: Yeah.
1: Is it stronger? (laughs)
4: <laughs> I'm nervous about how I'm going to answer this one. I'm leaving. Um, you know, I, I think that we, um, for the last five years, I've been, we've been, but it's been harder for me going through empty nests. Hmm. We have four kids, and the last one is probably more than five years, but that's been a right real grieving season for me. That's yeah. uh, Being a mom is the favorite part of who I am, of what I got to do, and so that that part has has other than being a wife, other than being a wife,
2: daughter of God, that kind of stuff. But
4: yeah, (laughs) favorite part of what I got to, (laughs) whatever, (laughs) Um, I love being a wife too. (laughs) Um, so I, so I feel like even in this season, we've being just the two of us, it hasn't felt that different. You know, we've already had to kind of pivot and adjust to Mm. what does this look like in the season when it's just the two of us. Um, I think probably last week was the worst. Was the first week that we felt like this? Almost feels like we're we're both feeling good, and Mm -hmm. now we're quarantined but feeling normal. Before that, it was more you know he's really sick, and
1: And am I going to
4: get it? Then I got a little bit sick, but right, you know I I think you until you're past all the symptoms, you're always wondering is it going to get worse? How what is this going to look like? So I feel like um, we're just. Kind of getting into a normal routine, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get back to normal. I, I feel like there are some things that that we need to change. We we get so used to, you know, just kind of decompressing by turning on the TV, each on your own computer, not communicating, and you know, now now we're home even more of the time, um, but watching TV less and trying to connect more and connecting with our kids more, you know, through Zoom calls because we only have one local and. Grandkids are in Minnesota, um, so we're we're even though we're not seeing them in person more, which no one really is in the country now. We're connecting more, and I think it's meaning more meaningful. Yeah,
1: that's good. That answer your question. Well, I mean, I think for for families or for other couples that are listening, in, especially ministry couples, um, this can be such a hard season, but yet it can also be such a good season in the sense of getting back to basics. Like, like you're saying, like I think the church at large needs to get back to basics. Yeah. But then us as couples and as families, just the, the reconnecting with each other and those that we love and having meaningful discussions of things of the heart and not just, like you said, zoning out and, and getting lost in, in media, which that can be a real temptation this time. But I think, this window can show us how much we really have.
2: Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, too, is just realizing that everybody's going to go through this different. I, I really believe with all my heart that the the Spirit of God is more accessible right now than ever before. Yes. But that, that the, the way that looks for Lynn and I, you know, here, just the two of us, is totally different from the way it looks for a mom who feels like she has... 27 kids and, and, and 33 of them, she doesn't want anymore. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be a whole different experience, but really in my heart of hearts, I believe that the, that the spirit is just as accessible for her right now. It's just going to look different. Mm. So trying to encourage people, you know, extroverts is going to look different for introverts. And, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm connecting more with people now than ever before. And I'm, totally zoomed out, you know, but but it's just going to look different. So so lean into that, whatever the difference is. Yeah.
0: So for you, you said you feel more connected. What is that method of connection? Because some pastors are, you know, looking at this and they're going, you know, I don't know how to stay connected to my flock.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, we're going through, we're on our second time through all of our staff um, calling every single person or um, in the second round, you know, email or text. But calling every single person in, in the church that, that we have any kind of number for, just how you doing, what can we pray for, that, that has been so um, appreciated, so well received. And so that's one way, you know, we're, I mean, we got life groups that are doubled in size now because they're doing Zoom and it's easier for parents of young kids to, you know, to go on. And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that taking place as well. Um, Our
4: staff meeting every Tuesday yeah. morning, it's about a two-hour Zoom call, and, and we have, I think, more people on the Zoom call yeah. for staff meeting than we ever had that could be there in person. Right. Yeah. So connecting that way, too, has been really good. I mean, it's
2: obviously different. You, you know, this is different from uh, voice to voice. You know, I'd still rather hug someone. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a hugger, but
1: that works really, really well. Wait, wait, Dan, you're not a hugger, and Lynn, you are a hugger? Interesting. No,
2: I I mean, I'll hug family, you know, (laughs) but, but I'm an infamous not, in fact, uh, Bill Herlocker, who did an interview with me because of COVID here in town. um, He said, you know, I've, I've heard Dan that that for some people, when they, when they get COVID-19 and then, and then they're, you know, they're over it, that people don't want to be with them, you know, and, and kind of stay away from them. He said, have you experienced that? And how does that make you feel? I said, you know, I'm an infamous non hugger in my church. If people give me extra personal space, I probably won't even notice it. You know, it's, I mean, there, there's ladies in the church who have already put on Facebook, when this is over, I'm hugging everybody, and Pastor Dan, I'm making a beeline for you. And my response <laughs> is just hashtag quarantine forever. <laughs> so, so, we're, so we're a little bit different in that respect.
3: Yeah.
1: So I, I, I looked at both of those articles, uh, that were online and the, uh, the reporter said the one of them was the most viewed article he had ever written in his entire journalistic career with this newspaper. And That's both awesome.
2: Of them, both of them are, um, now the two, two biggest ones that, that I mean, it just, and you know, it's not, it, not anything like, wow, I have good words to say. It's just really, people are hungry for hope. Right. And, and, uh, we, we have hope. We have hope to give. Now, for those yeah. who are
0: just joining us, one of the reasons that uh, Dan and Lynn Nold have hope is that uh, Dan survived COVID and Lynn survived living with Dan with COVID. <laughs> um, and Now, have you been tested, Lynn?
4: Um, no, because I never got a fever, so they wouldn't test me. Oh, okay. So my symptoms were pretty mild. We're assuming that I had it, but... Until they can do the antibody blood test, which they're still not doing in our area, I won't know that for sure. So we have to kind of act as if I haven't had it as far as, you know, being more cautious. But, man, if I didn't get it, they need to take my blood to give to people for immunity because we in the same, you know, I never went into a different room or slept in a different bed. We just didn't because we didn't know for so long that it was COVID. That- I
2: mean, the doctor she talked to said, you know, basically assume that with those symptoms that you had, that, that you had it. And, and, uh, but like she said, we, we won't know until they start doing the antibody yeah. test.
1: Right. Right. Wow.
4: After so, being quarantine for a month, I better have had it. <laughs> <laughs> I want that immunity.
1: <laughs> so uh, what would be some final encouragement or words of hope that you would want to leave with people and especially, uh, pastors, and ministry leaders in Northeast America?
4: Well, you know, I think for me the thing that God just keeps pounding into my heart and my mind is that the scripture that he He gave me, this, the words that he spoke to me is, you know, I am fighting for you. All you need to do is be still. Mm-hmm. And that being still in God's presence, not missing this time of just sitting with the Lord and allowing him to, speak into your heart and your mind and and not not being so geared up with what do i do now but just that intimacy with with Christ i think is if we miss that during that season during this season we've missed everything so that would be my I
2: think i think for me you know these last few weeks have been um uh, kind of oddly emotional and, and you know not so much fearing you know what was happening or stuff like that but but tears that would come at just Sometimes the oddest of times, and it was just kind of one of those again moments for me where I felt like, you you know, God was giving me some insight that that it wasn't my emotion, it wasn't my heart, it was it was His heart, and and He was just giving me just a a little bit of a taste of His heart for His kids, for um, His His church, for the world, and and you know, every time I look out over the valley, I just I see His arms spread wide, and. And I feel like he's he's kind of put the world on a on a, a Sabbath, a, a reset and and, uh, and and that's you know just kind of for me I just don't don't miss that God is doing something i, I I'm not prophetic I don't know what it is I just know it's important um, and we're transitioning to something different and and uh, let him do everything that he wants to do in your life now so that he can do everything he wants to do through us and
0: That's a good word. That really is a good word because we can very easily just want to get through this time instead of learning from this time. And I think as we're going through these situations, it's so important for us to not miss what God is doing, not just in the world, but in our own lives. Yeah. Uh, because it's very easy to to just you know want to speed on by that and get on the other side of it. Dan and Lynn, thanks so much uh, for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, I know that you've got another Zoom call that you've got to go over to, but we appreciate the sharing, and I know that you've been encouragement to us and probably answered some questions that some people have had about COVID as well as encouragement to pastors. Speaking of which, we've got uh, another pastor and his wife on the phone, Pastor Matt. Max and Priscilla Pira uh, are joining us. Am I saying that right, Max?
5: Yes, that's correct.
0: Well, it is very good to have you with us here on the Dense in the Darkness podcast and also on the Northeast Collaborative website. We're we're just so uh, glad that you've been able to spend this time with us. We want to find out a little bit about you, where you are, and what church you pastor.
5: Well, uh, I'm Pastor Max. Uh, I'm from Brazil. And we pastor in Newark, New Jersey, and also in Long Branch, New Jersey. Uh, we pastor uh, a church for immigrants, uh, Brazilians, and Spanish people. Uh, we have a few Americans part of our church, too. We have been here for uh, with City View for about five years planting this church.
0: So you have been there in New Jersey ministering, and at some point uh, you fell ill.
5: Yes, uh, I'm not a full-time pastor. I, I am bivocational, so I still work and I do construction work, uh, so the majority of our, our work is in New York, in Brooklyn. And I was working in a building, uh, Brooklyn, where actually it was most of the sick people were. And you know, for sure, I got sick, and Priscilla also got sick from me.
0: Can you share with us what your experience was? I think that's probably the biggest question that people who've not had much experience with uh, the coronavirus is, what, what am I looking for? What should I expect?
5: Well, uh, I think it's different uh, for everyone. Uh, like in our house, I, I probably uh, took it hard. I, for me, it was really painful, and uh, I had a lot of fever, a lot of pain in my body. Yeah, uh, I didn't have any problem with breathing or anything like that, but uh, it really knocked me down for about eight or nine days. Uh, for Priscilla, it was different. She had a lot of mild symptoms, uh, almost like uh, allergies. Uh, allergies
0: or something like, like that. Cold. Hmm. so that's uh, very similar to what we, we just experienced with talking with uh, Dan and Lynn nold uh, Lynn they think probably had it but hasn't been tested as far as antibodies are concerned and hers was relatively mild so it obviously uh, women are much stronger than men but we knew that already right <laughs> ah, that was
1: that was never in question
3: <laughs> but some ladies in our church got sicker than Max and I yes. and uh, one of went to the hospital we spent four days four in the days. hospital hmm. another one has asthma, so she also was feeling very, you know, very sick, and those cases were very severe compared to us.
0: Mm. Now, as far as your ministry is concerned, obviously, uh, we're in a time where a lot of pastors are trying to figure out how to get online, how to do the things that they need to do, and here you are, you know, in the throes of this. How did you deal with that?
5: We actually, uh, our service continued one week after uh, most of the church closed. And I think it was a blessing that we did that because uh, it it was the time that a lot of people were really getting nervous. And that last service that we had, we had an influx of non-believers in our church and people from other churches that came. And we had some people that got saved here hearing the message. From that day on, we shut down uh, our service. And then we started the online service right after. Uh, We have uh, House Bible Studies Uh, So the small groups, uh, we start doing through Zoom like we're doing right now. So uh, usually I lead one uh, and had people leading others uh, in in different places. We decide to just do one big group. So we meet twice a week uh, where we do Bible studies, and we have our Sunday
0: service uh, live uh, through Facebook. What's the response been from the people in your fellowship?
5: Well, I I think most of our people... uh, are now are participating in the beginning was a little hard because, uh, not everybody was uh, too familiar with, uh, you know, zoom or, uh, you know internet. Uh, you know, I have a lot of older people in our church and they had some difficulties. Not everybody. it taking part of everything. I think they you know, some of them are limited to access and a computer or something. Uh, but the response is good. So, and for us, uh, since we always broadcast our service, we also have a lot of people from Brazil. We had people from Africa, from other areas of the world that speak Portuguese uh, because of my ministry is done all in Portuguese. Uh, so they had been following us so they continue to follow us now and and now more of our people are getting comfortable and actually now and now they came to me and say pastor i love this uh zoom uh let's continue doing our you know home bible studies through zoom and uh the home bible so probably i'm gonna have one day of week that i'm I'm gonna continue to do that so we can reach out people outside our community
1: that's awesome i'm curious how it's been for your kids uh so i've Spent time with you guys before I've been in your home. Like, I know you have an awesome family. How have your kids responded to all of this? I'm sure that had to be really hard.
3: No, they actually, you're having a great time at home. (laughs) The kids, they are teenagers now, so they just miss the friends. (laughs) But, like, they didn't get sick at all. One is nice. They are super healthy and strong and happy. And, uh, you know... Our house has been very peaceful about all the situation, and the kids are being amazing. You know.
0: Oh, that's great! They now, didn't want were to come they back
3: to school? They, they just were just in the, the home.
0: <laughs> they were in the home the whole time that you guys were both sick. Yes. You yes. kept
3: some distance from them, you know. They understand, you know. Sam for Sam is kind of hard because he's a hugger, but uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, he
5: is. <laughs> the big hugger.
3: Said, yeah.
5: We have a special needs uh, kid, uh, my son Sam. Uh, so Sam, you know, he really likes hug and uh, the close contact. For him, it was in the beginning it was hard to capture the idea of the coronavirus. I no mean, yeah, know. This. And and uh, but after he understood, and you now he, you know, if you came close to him, he says, "No, no, you you can't wait now. You have the corona. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you kiss me later." That. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That really yeah, is. But something.
5: we ha- we are having fun at home, you know. Uh, and for me, it was a blessing. I don't even though you know, brings some hardship because I'm bivocational. I work uh, you know, to have uh, uh, my, my provisions, but because I'm bivocational and I pastor two churches, I'm always very busy uh, with everything I do. So, you know, I, I try to always use the time that I have as best as I can with my family so we have a strong relationship. But the time that this quarantine gave us uh, has been amazing. You know, uh, For me, it was uh, delightful, you know, to be, you know, Waking up with my family every day, you know, being able to, Make you know, sit down breakfast. and preparing <laughs> breakfast and eating together, things that, you know, rarely happens in my life, doing you know, you know I, I'm always leaving, you know, five o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, coming back and having like a quick dinner, you know, visiting someone, having a Bible study, uh, doing many things, and uh, I'm enjoying.
0: <laughs> so it sounds See? like you're embracing it. That's, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think what you just did there, uh, Max, and both of you, what you're doing there is so important for everyone listening for all of us to remember to uh, identify evidence of God's grace no matter what is happening in our life. Yeah. And so what you just did is such a great example of what we all should be doing. One of the things that, for those of you listening on Facebook Live, you may not know about uh, Max and Priscilla, is that um, church planting has been Uh, your life for the past, how many years now? Church planting, you've been doing it?
5: uh, I don't know. uh, The first one we planted was 2011, nine years. But before that, I helped other two churches to be planted as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So about a
1: decade-ish of church planting. And uh, Tim, so so Max got his Master of Divinity degree while he was church planting and working a a full-time job. All at the same time, like wow. literally, uh, my best friend Tim Walker and I, anytime we talk about you guys, uh, you guys are our heroes, man. Like, <laughs> it's just incredible to see. It, seriously, like, it's amazing to see men and women who are so sold out for the mission of God and the gospel going forward. And it hasn't always been easy, even before COVID. Like, you guys have hit a lot of, uh, in our former uh, network, Project Jerusalem, like, we've, shared stories and experience with you from a distance, right. uh, different things you guys have gone through. And man, we just, we're so grateful for the fact that you keep persevering and identifying how God's goodness is, is sustaining you through the tough times. It's, it's really, really encouraging.
3: Right. And uh, we see this time as a God, uh, it's a privilege. You know, I know that everything out there is very scary. We even, you got sick, but this is a time that God is giving to us to, First of all, one more time, show His care and kindness to our family, His provision. God has been amazing the way He has providing for us and taking care of us. And um, it's a time to rest. You know, you have a busy life, you know, you have busy weekends. So I think God is giving this time for us to renew our strength, you know, calm down a little bit. And because, you know, when you'll be able to come back and work for ministry, you know, it's going to be busy and intense. So, God is giving us a good time for us just to, you know, to renovate the energy and, you know, get it stronger for what's coming up.
0: Mm. Well, one of the questions that I asked when we had Dan and Lynn on, uh, and I want to ask you is how do you see this impacting your ministry going forward? So, you know, you've been through this time, we've had to adjust uh, stuff online and things like that. How are you going to pivot as we move forward?
5: Oh, uh, I think definitely, you know, uh, having uh, you know technology in our favor, uh, we should use it. And I'm, you know, and being an older guy, I I was never much into technology, and I had to learn really quick. I'm still learning.
0: (laughs) We all are.
5: (laughs) Yes, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not a media guy, and never, you know, I have my Facebook, and probably she's the one who looks at my Facebooks and posts the things. You know, but I see, you know, how there's a world out there that we can reach out through this. And I, you know, it definitely, uh, I think, you know, this, this time changed my heart towards media. And I see how important it is and, you know, and how I need to be more involved uh, in sharing the gospel and then reaching out people outside our community because, uh, uh, like I said, I'm, uh, we had people from some part of China that speak Portuguese and, and, and don't have access, and you know they are watching and being part of it. So th- that's that's great. <laughs> and I think also our church and you know, a lot of people were uh, uh, had fears of media and computers, and I think that broke too. Uh, I think will be easier for us now uh, to use that tool in our favor uh, to the ministry. Like I said, I pastor two churches, and I can't be in both churches at the same time. Right. and you uh, know it's it's hard. Uh, we are about an hour away from each church, and uh, I think it's going to bring us together. I was, I know, uh, we had plans to start a, a, a seminary uh, in Portuguese in our area. And one of the, the, the big concerns is how, and you know, churches are going to react because, you know, it's two different places, how I'm going to uh, be able to do both places. And I say, you know what, probably we should do uh, uh, an online thing uh, and, and, and reach out a lot more than we can uh, uh, just in, in the two cities. Uh, it will open up doors. Mm. So uh, I think it's going to change a lot of things
1: uh, mm. for us. So in your region, do you know how many Portuguese-speaking people are right around you? Like, do you know what those numbers are?
5: I don't know all the Portuguese-speaking. I know uh, Brazilians uh, living in the United States, there are probably around uh, 4 to 5 million people wow. uh, living in the United States. Uh, Portuguese, probably uh, around I don't know, a million uh, or two. Wow. Uh, and there is other countries in the world that speak uh, Portuguese, like Cape Verde, uh uh, mozambique uh, Angola in Africa there's uh wow. yeah. and uh uh there's a lot of people around but uh, well, in
3: your area, a lot of people comes and goes you know had yes. a lot of people coming back to Brazil in Portugal whatever oh you know South America, it has a lot of new people coming, so it's a lot of rotation you don't know exactly how many people because they come and go you know. Immigration and
5: everything, which is hard for the local church because we have this rotation of people coming and going. Uh, It's, uh, but it's also great because you know many people that come, uh, they didn't come with Jesus. Now they are leaving with Jesus, so they're bringing Jesus somewhere else, and uh, we're doing that.
1: That's beautiful. That's what's so amazing about the United States is that here in the U S we can cross cultures without crossing borders Mm. right? and then they can go and cross the borders with Jesus. I I love that vision. And that fact, the fact that you guys are right there on the front lines doing that kind of work for about a decade now, especially with church planning specifically, that just thrills my heart. Mm -hmm. I think that's so exciting. Yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate, Max uh, and Priscilla, you taking the time to share with us your experience with the coronavirus and also, man, your heart for ministry. When I hear all the things that uh, you are doing, the work that you're doing, when do you get time to sleep?
5: <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a sleeper. I think you know God builds up us in a certain way, and I never slept too too many hours uh um, and I need, I needed that, I think, that, that feature <laughs> of me. I uh, sleep. Yeah, well, Priscilla does the sleeping for me. <laughs> oh, that's good.
0: So somebody's getting rest anyway. <laughs> yeah,
5: someone is getting rest. Yeah. Well, those, me and my daughter. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, good. I'm a very active person, I and I, you know, a lot of uh, – uh, I like to be active. Uh, uh, for me, it's hard to be home, like now quarantine. Uh, and since I was sick, I had to stay home. I couldn't be in contact. Our symptoms disappeared about uh, two weeks and a half ago. Uh, my doctor cleared us. He says, "You oh, know, you're free now. You know to move.
3: Mm. Uh,
5: you know, we're being careful, not just going out." Uh, this Saturday, uh, we're gonna be driving down to Long Branch because. Uh, since our church, most of immigrants, a lot of them are going through hardship because, you know, they, they don't have, you know, reserves, uh, you know, they work if, uh, when works is available. So many times they're not working every day of the week, even though before. So uh, the times are hard for many of them. So we are buying food and we, you know making, you uh, know, uh, food driving. Uh, we're going to be delivering to some families, uh, trying to help and pray with
3: them.
0: Mm.
5: I know some people are still afraid of me. I'm not going to be able to go at home.
3: i going to drop this. Yeah, the that's door. it. That's yeah.
0: it. That's understandable. Hey, speaking <laughs> of prayer, would you do us a favor? Would you uh, say a word of prayer for those who are watching or listening tonight? Uh, maybe a bit fearful about what's going on around us and saying, you know, I- I'm struggling with this. Would Would you lead us in prayer?
5: Yes, Lord, uh, we worship Your name. Uh, You are a great God that it's good in all the time. And Lord, we know that everything that's happening is not happening uh, without Your control, uh, because You're sovereign over all of us. I ask You, Lord, that You keep us, uh, keep our hearts faithful to You. Uh, Help us to use this time well, Lord, to enjoy our families, uh, to get closer to our church. Uh, to uh, be able, Lord, to show uh, that you're really in us uh, through the hardships where we can, with joy and uh, and with a glad heart, uh, go through those difficult times and uh, bring glory to your name. Help us, Lord, uh, because we are weak and we need your help. Not everyone is well, and I pray, Lord, that by your mercy you You may uh help the families that in this time lord your provision needs your mercy lord uh you are the one who has all the power and lord everything we can do we want to be able to do so give us opportunity to share the gospel to show your love with practical actions lord but you also say you are the lord that does what we cannot so lord for those who need a miracle for those who need uh your healing lord i ask you that you help those people and help your church uh to go forward to move forward and share the gospel in this time in the name of jesus i pray
1: Amen. amen amen amen
0: thank you very much max and priscilla we appreciate it dan any final thoughts you want to share
1: well uh after this episode we're going to continue to try to do more Episode centering around some good church news. So we are going to continue to do SGCN and talk about wins across Northeast America of how God is continuing to do great things in and through his church in the most unreached post-Christian corner of the country. Mm. That's great. Well, we
0: appreciate you being with us uh, for Dents in the Darkness. This is the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN, Dan Nichols from Northeast Collaborative, also Max and Priscilla, and we appreciate all of you joining us on this evening.
5: Thanks. you. bye.